Hey there, Freedom Fighters. My name is Andrew Warner. I'm the founder of Mixergy, where I interview entrepreneurs about how they built their businesses. You know, one of the big hesitations that we entrepreneurs get in our heads before we start something is, it's going to be a lot of time, a lot of work, some of our money, maybe a lot of our money. And we're risking all of it along with our credibility on an idea, on a business that I was going to say could fail, but let's say is likely to fail. And it causes hesitation. It keeps us from starting. It keeps us from building on. Well, joining me is an entrepreneur who, uh, entrepreneurs hate it when I say failed, but I'm going to say it. You tell me, Charles, if you're uncomfortable with me saying, he created this product called TLDR.io. His goal was to summarize the interesting content uh, on the internet. And it failed. And he invested a lot of time into it. And he put a lot of himself into it. And it's still closed. Are you upset with me saying the word failed? You don't seem to be, Charles. No, no, for me. No, no, no. no. Because uh, I like to to say that uh, the failure helped me to start uh, a more winning business. <laughs> That's the point I was getting at. Exactly what Charles just said. That he, because of this business, because of this bad experience, ended up learning how to create businesses, learning what to create, when to create it, how to figure out what customers are willing to pay for, how to get customers and it's and put this, a big smile this was on not a, this was not a bad experience <laughs> you said a bad experience no no for me it's a was a i would say a very 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 good experience it's not because you fail that it's a bad experience you have always to to see the uh, the good ways of things and uh, and see that uh, uh, an experience is an experience and you have to take the most out of it and i think this is what we did with tldr is that we looked back at what we did and what we did great, what we did wrong, uh, and how we could make it better for the next run. And you did. The new company that Charles, uh, whose voice you just heard, that's Charles Migletti. He is the founder of Toucan. What they do is they help companies take the data that we're all building up and make it easier to express to other people, find the meaning of the data, make it actionable by making the data more visual. And it's especially helpful for CEOs and product uh, product managers who are building his uh, software into their own platforms. But it's helped many other companies um, in addition to uh, software creators. I invited Charles to talk about how well he's doing with his business and we could talk about it thanks to two phenomenal sponsors. The first, if you're trying to get your idea off the ground, you gotta check out HostGator. And I'll convince you later to go to hostgator.com slash Mixergy to do it. And the second, if you're at the stage where you're kicking around an idea for a business, for a product, I want you to check out my friends over at LaunchPeer where they will build out that first version for you. And they're at launchpeer.com slash Mixergy. But first, Charles, the hardest and most awkward and maybe the one that you're most proud of is, what's your revenue? So our revenue is approaching like 10 millions of recurring revenue uh, dollars. Yeah. 10! Yeah. It's even more than we had in our notes since the last time we talked. Yeah, yeah, that, that's fast. the plan for, I would say, approaching. Yeah, yeah, we are growing fast. And uh, this Wowie. is uh, where we will be uh, uh, beginning of uh, 2021 in, in a few, just a few months. And up until recently, you were bootstrapped. About a year yeah. ago, you took on how much funding? We took uh, uh, 12 million uh, funding. Uh, to boost uh, the the growth and to help us uh, go international. 
Meanwhile, though, you hit what four million dollars in revenue by then, by the time that you took on that more, funding. More, more, more than that, we we hit uh, six million dollars. So then, why'd you take on funding? Because it was the right time to do it. <laughs> what do you mean? Because you wanted to take a little bit of your money off the table, so no, that you no, could... no, 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 no. It was the right time because we wanted to scale and we wanted to uh, 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 hire more senior people. Because you you know that it's the right time when you see that you will hit some I would say uh, a glass ceiling mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, when uh, and if you don't have uh, I would say uh, more money to invest uh, you you will lose an opportunity to um, um, take the market and to uh, go faster. So we knew to do what what were you going to do with the money? What was the vision for it? So the we uh, the plan, uh, which is still the plan, uh, to uh, was to invest the money in a few different uh, areas of the the company. First one is the product, because if you want to lead a, a product like the growth uh, uh, strategy, you need a, a very strong and differentiated product. So I would say that uh, nearly a third of the funding uh, will be used or is be is being used to fund a, a new version of the product uh, and the uh, uh, second thing is to have more senior people in the leadership so until then when we until we, we bootstrap we were on only i would say four uh, founders four people driving like nearly uh, uh, 80 people uh, company and we wanted to help the, the company scale and, and also provide the people that worked at UCAN with a, a great leadership to help them grow in their uh, in, in their career and wanted to hire uh, senior people to do so and uh, and uh, uh, also we wanted to invest in sales and marketing which is obvious okay. to uh, expand the business in uh, new locations let's talk about how we got here your your accent tells me you're french right yeah you grew up in what part of France? Uh, I grew up in Normandy. Normandy. Talk to me about how when you were a kid, you became a good salesperson because your mom watched yeah. you at a yard sale. What did she see yeah. you do at a yard sale? <laughs> um, so I learned how to sell, uh, sell things, sell goods, because when I was seven, eight, yes, uh, and I did it for a few years. Uh, I was on my own uh, on the yard sale, making money, uh, uh, selling uh, all goods that I had in the that I had uh, in my garage. Uh, uh, this was your own personal yard sale. It wasn't a family yard sale. It was you. No, no, it was the the school yard sale. Oh, got it. And the, so you got to bring your own stuff from home to sell. Yes. Okay. Yes, exactly. And I remember very well because uh, uh, before the, the actual date of the, the sale, I went to my neighbors, I went to my grandparents and I told them, what are the things that are useless to you that you don't care anymore? And I just uh, took uh, everything that I could. So uh, I could uh, have a very nice and, and rich uh, <laughs> uh, uh, catalog of, uh, of products. And I did it for a few years and every year I was so happy uh, to sell uh, as much as I could. That, uh, after, uh, that's how I, I grew up uh, uh, in this, uh, with this sales uh, mindset. But your mom saw that you were being kind of a, a pushover, right? People would come over to you, they tried to lowball you, and you'd say yes. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> exactly. So and she said, was, hold your ground. 
Yes, exactly. That was one of the lessons I, I learned is the older line, like you say. Uh, and because uh, when you are like seven, eight, and you are uh, uh, dealing with people that are 30, 40, 50, and they want to buy like uh, uh, your bike, for example, my, I was selling, I remember that uh, uh, one year I was selling my old bike. And uh, my parents told me, uh, you have to sell it for uh, 100. And I was, okay, 100. And, 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 uh, and they were like bargaining. And at the end, I, I just sold it for 80 because uh, I, I was impressed and I couldn't say no. So do you, did you eventually learn to hold your ground? I'll, I'll tell you where I learned a little bit of how to hold my ground. I've talked about this quite a bit. Shoveling snow on those days in New York when school was closed and snow was piled so high up that you couldn't get your car out of the garage. I would go to my neighbors. I would ask them if they would pay me to shovel their snow. And one of the big lessons I got was I heard this older boy was doing the same thing and I was excited to get $10 to shovel somebody's um, uh, driveway. And he was getting paid $20, $40 for the same thing. And I felt like such a sucker that that to me was the impetus to try selling for more. And once you ask for more money, you start to in some ways feel entitled to it, which then made me realize there is more out there than I think. I'm thinking too small, not just about this, but about other things. What did you learn from this? Did you, did you take something away that helped you become the better salesman that you are today? And we're going to find out how that translated into your business. Yes, well, well, yes, for sure. Uh, I, I wouldn't say that I uh, uh, managed to apply to apply this uh, all the ground the rule every time, and I'm still continue to learn how to do it. Uh, I would say as much as I can. Uh, but what you realize is the concept of value. For me, the before that, the concept of what's the value for somebody to own something or to buy something which is uh, represented by the price uh, can be like uh, irrational. So you don't know what, and when you, when you do this kind of trades, you realize that some goods, some service as uh, can have a lot of value for some people. And, and our goal as a, as a CEO uh -huh. or entrepreneurs is to, I would say, build and identify what has the high value for a specific kind of personas built a product or a service and try to sell it uh, according to the value that it delivers. Ah, got it. It's not about the thing that you're selling at the yard sale or now that you're selling a toucan. It's what's the value to the buyer? So this is a good time for us to talk about the real estate company that you and I were talking about earlier. You guys were pitching them and what did you show them? We, we showed them that they were losing money that they, because they were not collecting the money that uh, they were uh, that they were supposed to get <laughs> uh, because the data was uh, I would say hidden in some uh, uh, tables or, or database that uh, they were not uh, auditing that they were not controlling and we extracted the data with, for with them and we we helped them to build what we call a good storytelling and they, they did it. The, the, we, we encourage them to build as much as possible um, actionable stories. And, and one of them was, uh, we, we told them, did you look at the unpaid, for example, uh, uh, and payments? And they realized that they were losing 
hundreds of thousands of, to, of dollars a month because people were not paying them uh, and they were not uh, controlling Meaning that. people weren't paying them rent and they didn't realize that people weren't paying them rent? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because That uh, seems like yeah. ABC. That's the basics of their business, yes, that, but they still really... Yeah, because you, what you realize is when you have like a big, com- even big companies uh, that started like uh, 50, 100 years ago, uh, for many processes, they have like manual procedures. Pe- people are doing the job and not the machine is doing the job. So if you lose some person at some point, if they go to vacation, if they got fired, and you realize that you lose a lot of, um, I would say, collective intelligence and uh, control. And uh, and this is how, I would say, you forget that some of the things that were done before are not done anymore. So and this is where, for example, we've the data with the, uh, working on the data we can help them to realize and to materialize uh, the, the reality of their business the other thing you were telling me was somewhere in the data there was also a set of clues about which tenants were not going to pay the rent because they yeah. have common um, characteristics people can't go through and see it but if you can show the data visualized well then the company can start to understand who is likely and how many people are likely to not be able to pay the rent. God, am I right about that? Yes, exactly. And this is where you have, um, I would say, a gap or uh, between the raw data and also the visualization. Because the what we what we say, it's not us, but uh, it's like one image is like is better than thousand words, <laughs> because uh, you uh, the brain. The way the brain is um, is conceived, it's uh, toward visual uh, yeah. visual signal. So, and our job, uh, our mission, which is to build data culture at scale, is to use the, the 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 visualization, the visuals, to help people understand uh, a reality. And in, in that case, yes, we we help them go from I would say an Excel file where they didn't see anything to something that's very visual and directionable that help them to uh, save uh, hundreds of thousands of dollars a month. Okay, so before we or at the beginning of this interview, I said that this started because of a business that didn't go so well. TLDR.io was that business. You started it um, after you graduated from school and your idea for it was what? The idea was to summarize the web, <laughs> summarize, summarize the web. So we were, uh, with my two co-founders, we were uh, heavy readers and we were also uh, great fans of uh, Wikipedia. I think yep. like uh, everybody. And we said, okay, why not build some kind of Wikipedia initiative to summarize the content that we are reading every day and that we are sharing each, uh, each other and that uh, we were also taking some notes. Uh, we were taking some notes to provide some digests uh, uh, to our small group. And we said, okay, what, why not scale that? Why not uh, productize that and provide an infrastructure where for every content on the web you could uh, you could everybody could find a summary of that content so it could be useful for videos it could be it could have been useful for articles it could have been useful for richer uh, for, for rich wikipedia uh, even um, maybe for content. this interview this interview is going to be yeah. an hour long right 
I will have the yeah. transcript, but I can imagine that some people just want to get the gist of it. And yes, other people, points. right, exactly. And other people might go through it and find it meaningful to take notes on it and just summarize the interview into five bullet points so they fully understand it. Because I found that when you take notes on something, you really have to pay attention and then you really have to understand it well enough to communicate to somebody else. So there's a benefit to taking notes. And of course, you're saying there's also a benefit to the next person who's reading the notes who doesn't have to listen to a full interview. Great. Um, sad for them, but okay. I understand that there are times when, when we still need that. You decided that you were going to do this all manually because Wikipedia showed that that, uh, that user-generated content can be credible, can be done at large scale. Am I right? Yes, exa exa exactly. It's only we, we, we didn't go the, the, I would say, the AI pass, which wasn't called AI at that time. <laughs> but... Uh, we decided to to go, I would say, on the community side because to scale uh, a robust uh, and credible content, uh, you have to use humans for that uh, task. Mm -hmm. And and I will say that summarizing a content uh, is known as one of the most challenging and uh, and yes, most challenging task in literature. And you didn't know, maybe you didn't realize it going in. It seems easy, but also we're talking about 2012. There was still this belief that I think started in, in maybe a decade earlier that crowdsourcing has potential, that someone's going to just put a little brick on this wall and another person, another little brick. And before you know it, you've got this big wall that no one would have had the patience to build on their own. Right? I'm with you on that. You decided to make it into a Chrome uh, uh a Chrome plugin. Extension. How's my audio coming through to you? Am I am I breaking up? I'm watching your good. face. I'm, yeah. Okay, good. Yes, so you yeah. just, uh, yes, a little, a little break. There is some hiccups, but it's okay. Okay, oh, that frustrates me. But thanks for telling me. Keep telling me when there's an issue. And so you got the um, you did it as a Chrome plugin. So when someone's on a page, they could hit the the button on their Chrome browser and start summarizing. True. Yeah, yeah, and it was even better than that. Uh, we provided a very nice interface where uh, you you know the the link, the hip, the hyperlink uh, on the browsers when you can go to a next page. We with this plugin, we provided uh, the UX so that when you will over a link, you will get the summary without have uh, without to click on the link. So that, that was a very uh, uh, simple way to provide access to a content. What happened with that? You uh, built sorry. it? Did people actually use it? Yeah, yeah, sure. It was, uh, it was the, the product was, uh, uh, was used. Uh, we have like uh, uh, dozen, a few dozens of, uh, of users. But at some point, uh, after 20, 20 months, uh, nearly two years, uh, it wasn't, I would say... Uh, it wasn't generating any money. Uh, the growth was quite slow. And I would say that uh, we were uh, not uh, confident enough that we were the right people to build a community, which is a very uh, specific skills that need uh, uh, a lot of inside knowledge. And one of the things we didn't do right, which is something we, we applied after, is to have some focus. Because we we started with every content in every uh, uh, in every uh, department in every areas uh, for everything. I think if I would start it 
today and what I would have done if, if just after uh, shutting it down, if I would have restarted, I would just focus on one specific uh, uh, domain, say, for example, for life science articles or for uh, just interviews right. of mixed energy. <laughs> right, Try right. to have a, a high density of, uh, of yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Maybe start with students who are trying to summarize content anyway, or who are too busy to read something. I'm with you. Let me take a moment to talk about my first sponsor, and then we'll get back into what happened when you decided that you were going to shut this down. My first sponsor is a company called Launchpeer. The idea behind Launchpeer is that there are going to be people who are listening to us who say, I've got an idea. I want to launch this thing do I get a co-founder to launch it? Or is my co-founder going to be able to launch the first version fast enough? Or maybe I need to do it myself. Or maybe if they have a company and they're trying to figure out, do we launch this new product? They don't have the time and space to do it. The idea with Launchpeer is you go to Launchpeer and you talk to them and they could take your idea. They could help build it for you and they'll do it in a way that's predictable. They'll tell you how long it takes. They'll do it in these two-week sprints so that you can actually see progress, real progress, every couple of weeks. They'll do it in a way where you can stay in touch with them via uh, chat. We're talking about Slack so that you can stay up to date on what's going on and get it built the way that you need it so that you can get started. In fact, the Gotcha Group is a company that decided they were going to build these um, mobility devices, mobility options for college campuses, kind of like Uber plus scooters for college campuses. They started working with different agencies, trying to figure out who can build it for them. It wasn't going right. Meanwhile, the, the company was selling this product to universities and the university said, well, where is this thing that you promised us? I thought you said that you're going to build it. Well, yeah, it's coming. It's not working. They finally decided they're going to go to Launchpeer. They partnered up with Launchpeer. They had a 12-week development timeline. I told you about the two-week sprints. They had that two weeks. Every two weeks, they saw real progress. They got demos at the end of each sprint, and throughout, they stayed in touch using Slack. The final result means that they had mobile apps, web admin portal, and so much more, all built by Launchpeer, and they were ready to go. And as a result, they now have... Um, they rolled out to the to the Washington State University, Vanderbilt University, Florida State, and so many others. That's the power. If you have a team that can actually get your first version built properly, that is what can happen. And I urge you to go and just sign up at launchpeer.com. If you're at all interested, it's launch because they're going to help you launch peer because they're going to be your peer, launchpeer.com. Start your application right there on the site and see if it's a good fit for you. If it is, great. If it's not, Obviously, there's no obligation. They're not going to force you to work with them. But if it is, this could dramatically change the launch and trajectory of your business. It's launchpeer.com. Go check them out. I was going to say, say Andrew sent you, but they'll take care of everybody, whether it's for me or anyone else. Wow. I was looking down for a second there because there's a guy on their homepage that looks just like me. And I had to just, as I was scrolling, just stop and go, is that me? <laughs> <laughs> launchpeer. Thank you for sponsoring. Do you remember when you realized you had to shut it down? That's one of the most painful decisions to, to make. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To be honest, I really remember and I saw it coming. It was, uh, it, I would say, took, I would say, it was quite short at the end. It was only like two weeks when we realized that we had to take a decision and we said like just two weeks to uh, think about it and try to improve some of the metrics and then we decided from... In just one day at the end, okay, we shut it down and we clean up. And uh, in just one week after we, after the two weeks, uh, we clean it up. 
And uh, so I, I, I remember that I finished on uh, uh, June 3rd. Uh, June 4th, I was uh, saying, oh, she... <laughs> like maybe you shouldn't that. have done it? No, 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 no. Uh, it's not. A, it, it was what I'm going to do right now because ah. my, my my wife was uh, six months pregnant. And so I was, uh, I had to choose between uh, taking, a, I would say, well-paid job to pay for the diapers <laughs> uh-huh. or to uh, start uh, to start a new business. And uh, and I had my, my parents and my in-laws that were pressuring me to say, okay, Charles, you have a very high uh, educational uh, background uh, you made one of the top schools in uh, in in your country uh, why are you trying to Oof. do something on your own where you could just uh, have a very i would say well and a very good uh, career in any uh, big corporate but uh, that's not what i wanted to do <laughs> but what was the job that you got I didn't get any job. I would say oh, I you were just have, thinking uh, of going uh, and getting a job. Yes, exactly, exactly. Yeah. So, and my parents and my parents and my in-laws were, uh, I would say, urging me to apply for jobs and for to to get this kind of job that uh, all my peers were having at that time. Like what? What do you uh, think? And, I feel uh, like time, uh, Charles. Unlike other entrepreneurs, I feel like you could have gotten a job because you did have clear marketable skills, right? Weren't you an R and D yeah. engineer for a short period at Apple? Weren't you also yes, an exactly. engineer at Withings? I never know how to pronounce their name. Am I pronouncing it right? Withings. Yes. Withings. Yes. Withings. Uh, yeah, Withings. So I could have uh, had a, a, an amazing career at Apple. They wanted to hire me. I could have uh, continued to work at Withings. I could have gone to consulting jobs uh, at the BCG, for example, or I could have worked at uh, uh, more uh, classic brands. Uh, like uh, LVMH or Sanofi. And so when, when your company, TLDR, um, when it was failing, did you, did you at that point say, I can't believe I didn't take this other job. I can't believe I made this mistake. Two no, years. No. no. And no, how no. did you, why not? Because for me, it was no, no regret because uh, the experience you learn from the entrepreneurial journey it's much, much, much more valuable than I would say uh, one year uh, as an entrepreneur. Because you learned a lot, but dude, you just gone through school where you learned a lot. You can't feed your wife and your new baby with learning, right? What- yeah, but the, the uh, <laughs> I would say the the money or the or the value the value you extract as a, for me the value you extract as a, yeah as, as an employee is like. Uh, five to 10 times lower than the value you could extract uh, as an entrepreneur. So like, again, what, what did it's you just learn? a matter of risk. What so did you learn? I, I learned how to start a toucan at the end, <laughs> how like, to make business, how, how to build a product, how to sell it, how to market it. It feels to me to, like, Charles, a large part of it is these regrets that you look back and you said, oh, I should have done this. Oh, I could have done that. And that became almost your mental checklist for how to start right. Am I correct? So what are some of the things that when you look back at the end of two years, what are some of the things when you look back at the end of two years that you said, that's a mistake I could have done better. I should have done this. Yeah. So first thing, uh, like I said, should was the focus. So focus on one very specific and very well-defined areas where you put all your efforts. Uh, 
Second thing is uh, start with, I would say, uh, business first and cash first, saying uh, how you get the money, what's the business model. If you are just building a product without a business model uh, after or, or that it's uh, scalable, that that works, it's not good. Uh, uh, and I would say start with the, uh, add, uh, which is like a collateral, start with the demand and then build the product and not start with the product and then uh, uh, look for some demand. Got so it. start okay. with the need. I can see actually as this story plays out how you ended up using this at Toucan. All right. Where did the idea for Toucan come from? Uh, the idea came from, I would say, it was in the same vein uh, as uh, what we did for TLDR. TLDR was very pedagogic. How uh, you uh, simplify the access of a content to a large audience through the, the summary, through uh, digest, digestible content. And uh, what I said after is, uh, is that... Uh, I'm passionate about data and I'm very skilled at uh, manipulating data, which was a very uh, high demand skill at that time. It was the big data era. Everybody was talking about big data, big data, big data. And I said, okay, big data is good, but at the end, what I, what's for me it's important is how you go from big data to small data to understand it. <laughs> and uh, as we liked uh, data, pedagogy, and also design, we decided that doing some visualization software, I would say some visualization software because at, at the beginning we we had not the clear positioning, we had not the clear vision what we wanted to build as the software, but we knew that the, the, the biggest part of it should be visualization, data visualization. So that, that that's how we choose uh, to work on data visualization to help people understand uh, some facts, some um, understand anything through the data, uh, and to make it more accessible, to make me to make it more uh, useful for uh, non-technical users. Okay, and this time you said. If I'm going to make this new business work, I have to first get customers, right? Yeah, exactly. How did you get your first customer? What did you do to get customers? <laughs> I would say I worked hard. <laughs> a lot of uh, a lot of energy, a lot of efforts. Uh, so I, um, I reached out to, to get that first customer. I, I did, I would say, uh, I built something on my own. That, that was um, a website showcasing unemployment uh, uh, statistics and stories. Uh, and then I went to a media company to many, to, I shoot emails to multiple journalists and media companies. And I told them, look at what I did. Uh, uh, I'm very, uh, I'm very proud. This is very useful. This is the thing, the kind of thing that you should do as a journalist or, or, or as a media. Uh, this is something I could. Uh, this is a service I could uh, uh, sell you. Are you interested in talking? And a few of them responded, and then uh, I, I uh, managed to convince one of them to uh, work with us. What was that website? I'd love to see it. Uh, it's uh, it. Uh, I, I don't know if it's still uh, up, but it was lesico uh, dot fr. Oh, L e s l e s e c h o s dot 
fr dot fr oh it's probably going to be in french right oh there yeah. it is and so so and we provided for them uh, uh, um, data around the um, votes uh, like the mayor votes uh, which is uh, every six years and it, this is one of the major election and it was a, a two years project uh, that we did with them wait i still don't understand that first version was you taking what data and making it visually appealing Ah, it was unemployment data. So it was because the unemployment data was. Uh, so we we have some open data in France. Yep. And I t and I took the, the the some open data and I and I built a, a website on my own. And then I said, this is an example of, of what I can do. And then mm. he said, okay, you have very good skills. Uh, this is not unemployment data that we are taking that we are caring about, but we have this uh, big project because it will be the election in one year. Got and it. We need to be, in, and, and we want, and we need to provide uh, something regarding the, 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 the data. Uh, he said, help us. We've got this big election coming up. There's going to be a lot of data coming out of it. It's going to yeah. be hard for us to make it meaningful for our audiences. Yes, we will pay you to do that. But yes. what, the way you got exactly. them to say yes was you took data that was already available and inconstrutable, I think is the way to pronounce that word, and you made yeah. it clear and and easy for them exactly. to grasp. What did you do with the data? What did what did the data visualization look like? And what did what was the message that they got from <laughs> seeing that? Uh, I would say the the it was um, different stories around the evolution of the unemployment rates, how it's structured in terms of uh, uh, gender and um, and age, uh, and also some uh, how how um, you we say that there is, there are unemployments, but there are also un um, unmatched offers. So companies were uh, offering jobs but nobody was applying to it okay. and on the on, uh, and at the same time there were a very high uh, unemployment rate so it was kind of a uh, <laughs> ah, misconception okay. so so yes yeah, so, so we designed a few a few stories uh, to highlight some very clear facts and they realize they, they, they realize a lot of things by navigating the website and they say okay there is a lot of value in visualizing the, 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 the data, the, the good way. Okay. The right way. I'm already seeing a problem with this. Um, journalists don't have a lot of money and they're not willing yeah. to invest in a lot, but you did get one company to say yes to you. And at that point you said, great, we have a customer. They're willing to pay. We have to build. What did you build for that first customer? So I, we built that uh, um, complete, I would say website and engine to uh, retrieve uh, past uh, election data and uh, and polls uh, also to visually uh, display and show the um, evolution of the um, of the trends and also what was the current situation uh, uh, in France and to try to make some predictions also based on recent election and uh, and so we 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 they, they they had a very beautiful website where people could um, help take their decision uh, on for whom they are gonna vote because we also retrieve some public data around uh, uh, safety, wealth, economy, uh, ecology 
that we displayed uh, for every city uh, that that will help um, citizens to, I would say, allocate their, their votes. So Charles, we're basically looking at a custom job. You wanted to create software as a service where you got ongoing yes. recurring revenue, but yeah. first customer, you build exactly what they need exactly. and you learn from it. Got it. Terrific. Yeah. And we did that. We, we did that for the five first five customers. And after uh, we, we at the same, not after, but at the same time that, that we are building this, I would say ad hoc and on demand for uh, these five first customers, we build uh, some Re- reusable modules, the visualization library, then the data uh, engine. Because you're starting to see then, commonalities with these five customers. You say, all yes. right, these five customers need this. There's a good chance that other customers like them who are going to pursue are going to need these features. Let's build just the common features. Am I right about that? Exactly. Okay. Exactly. And at the beginning, we, we, were selling, we were saying yes to anything. And uh, and uh, after uh, the first six months, we had a clear idea of what we wanted to sell. Also, so at the beginning, we said we can do everything. Uh, we we had a very I would say focused approach around just data visualization. Uh, but after we have a broad approach, saying what do you want, we will build it. And then we said based on the first five experiences, we want to sell you this. So this is a very limited. Uh, I would say capabilities in terms of data visualization. Do you want that or not? All right, let me take a moment. I'm going to talk about my my sponsor, and then I want to come back and ask you about um, what you told our producer was the hardest part, the hardest time about building Two Count. But first, I like your idea about you built a website just to recruit customers. I wonder if there's someone who's listening to us right now who says, you know what? It actually doesn't cost that much to buy a domain. It doesn't cost that much to build a website. When I go to hostgator.com slash Mixergy, Andrew Sponsor, and when I want a new customer, I can build a website just for that customer. Imagine Charles, if they wanted to recruit you as a customer and they built charlesworkwithus.com as its own website customized to you with a few things that refer to what you said in this interview about how you believe in getting customers before you build a product. You believe in customizing for your first customers. They want you as a customer, so they will customize anything for you, right? Whatever it is, and then showcase their work and what they would do for you on a page that's not a Google Doc, it's not a proposal page, but your own domain with your name that's custom to you. And that type of thing is super easy to create. So Charles, I'm going to say to you and anyone who's listening, whether it's that idea or any other idea, when you want to put a website up on the internet, there is no better way to do it than hostgator.com slash Mixergy. Because when you do that, you have one click install of WordPress. WordPress is the most popular platform for building websites. WordPress is also a site when you build a site on WordPress, you can take it somewhere else. If you decide, I don't like HostGator, I don't like Andrew, whatever it is, you take your domain, you take your site, you move it to a different hosting company. And when you use HostGator.com slash Mixergy, they'll give you unmetered disk space, unlimited email addresses, all the stuff that you're looking for, along with the money back guarantee. And finally, using that slash Mixergy, yes, gives me a lot of credit because my sponsor will know that you use them because you heard them on Mixergy and I appreciate you for doing it but it'll also get you the lowest price that HostGator has available. Go to HostGator.com slash Mixergy, get a big discount. And remember, if you pick that middle option on that page, you'll get unlimited domain hosting. All you have to do, of course, is buy the domain name, but they will host it for you. So think about all the different things you could do when you have this creation engine. HostGator.com slash Mixergy. Thank you for sponsoring me for so many years. 
Charles, you said to our producer, Ari, you said the hardest time. In fact, you said you started your answer to her question. She said, hey, what was your lowest point here? You said in the past six years, I hadn't had a low point. But at the beginning, the first year was the hardest. Getting to first 10 customers, getting them to say yes was brutally hard. What did you do and why was it so tough? Uh, what did you do is uh, I worked hard <laughs> and what it's tough because uh, you are nobody, uh, you have no credential, uh, you, are, you don't have, I would say, the, the right skills, I would say, uh, because uh, it, you need to be skilled uh, and trained to be a good seller. It's not just uh, you wake up as a seller or you are born as a seller. Seller is like uh, any other job. It's something that you learn, that, that you practice, something that you that has process, methodology. This is like a, like a craftsmanship uh, work. <laughs> it is. The same. You know what? I've, I've had to take on the advertising for Mixergy. Uh, Sachit Gupta, who sold the ad, said that he wants to start something new or he needs a break. I don't know exactly. I have seen that he's making a move over to Hawaii and I've been watching him. Uh, move there. And I've enjoyed it. I like talking to customers. I like selling, but they're basics that I forgot. For example, Charles, after you have a sales call with a customer, they have no incentive to get back to you. If they're thinking about it, if they're excited about it, there's no. And so I realized, of course, within the call, when they have to go back, now that they've got their notes and they're going to compare me to other podcasts, I have to say, how about we schedule a call for a week from today to see if there's anything else that I missed? Stupid move like that. If I forget to do that, it's hard. Now I have to go. Now I have to go and and, get, and win them over again to get another call. And there are a bunch exactly. of a bunch of other things like that. Launch peer. I should have scheduled after selling to them. I should have said thanks for buying. I want to go over the results. How about we schedule a call a week from now to go over the results for you? Right. So this little thing is so basic, but I forget it. Now I've got a checklist. Tell me some of the things that you've discovered. Yeah, exactly. That's uh, so. How you prepare? Uh, so first thing is how you hunt for the leads. So how you get new leads? After is uh, how you pre pre how you craft the right message that will resonate to the people uh, that you are targeting, so that they accept a meeting. And then it's how you prepare the meeting. Just like say basic things to collect data about about their uh, situation, about their the the news, uh, just to have some icebreaker. Uh, and in uh, after the the, the 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 meeting is how you make the good follow up. Uh, like you said, good follow up to schedule the new call, but also follow up to provide the good content to justify that you are. Uh, uh, that uh, they will, they will uh, enjoy spending another thirty minutes or, or hour with you, and uh, and after it and so on and so on at every step of the sales funnel, uh, how you create I would say pressure to close because you can have people that say okay I'm very interested, uh, uh, what's your price? Okay, I agree, and then if you don't have any compelling event, they can just go dark on you. And it could be also on how you negotiate the price and how you hold the ground, like you said. Uh, this is what you what you need to learn. And then to say, no, that's the price, that's my price. So if you are not uh, okay with that price, uh, it's not a big deal. Go, go, 
go somewhere else. Uh, so it, it takes a lot of time to build that uh, confidence, that uh, to build that uh, knowledge, and to apply it after. So you're telling me that you would even think through things like the icebreaker? Yeah, exactly. Like what, what would you come up with as an icebreaker? It's interesting because you're a guy who was not selling at all, definitely not enterprise selling, to suddenly having to do this for your new company or else the company dies. How would you come up with icebreakers? Yeah, I looked at the LinkedIn page of my uh, my targets. Uh, for example, if I saw that they were they had uh, uh, some interest in some group, for example, in some sports, uh, I would say uh, I was uh, seeing. For, I remember that sometimes at, at one point I have seen that they were supporting one of the major uh, team of soccer in France, and uh, it was uh, we met just a few days after. Uh, 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 a game where they, they win a very, very beautiful game. And I just tell them, oh, uh, have you seen that game? It was amazing. How did you think? Uh, what's, your, what's your feedback about uh, his playing, etc.? And so it uh, helped us to, to build a relationship. You know what? I do that with my guests wherever possible too. I just realized I didn't do it with you. But what I do is as I'm going past to find old tweets of theirs, to find old websites that they were a part of, I look for these little personal touches that I can use at the start of the conversation. And that's what yeah. you were doing too. What about, yes. um, you're saying you also collected data. You were looking to see how you could help them ahead of time, right? Yeah, exactly. All right, that that so I get. The, the, Sorry, were you going to add something to that? No, 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 no. Go ahead, go ahead, okay. go ahead. Then the next thing then that you said is, this is smart. You need a compelling reason for them to want to do the follow-up. It's not enough to say, you just took a call with me. Let's talk a week from today. It's let's talk a week from today and I will give you something that will make it worthwhile for you to talk a week from today. What would you come up with to make that persuasive? Uh, you have, I would say two things. The things that come from you, the things that come from them. So first thing is that you have to identify what could be like a, a reason for them to act quickly. And it could be internal pressure, it could be uh, external because uh, you have the uh, uh, Champions League, uh, the final of the Champions League, and they have to release something by the, by the end of month. So they need to move fast. Or uh, on your side, you, you can uh, uh, create the, the compelling reason based on... Uh, a specific uh, arrangement that you can do uh, in terms of uh, in terms of proposal, but also uh, the things saying that uh, you have very limited resource uh, and you can't accept uh, all uh, offers. And uh, saying, okay, if you want um, me to work for you, you have to decide right now because if not, uh, somebody else will uh, book me and I won't be available for the next right. six months. Okay, so I can imagine if I'm selling advertising to a podcast uh, sponsor, it might be, they ask me a few questions, I can say, let me go research this for you so that you understand podcast advertising in general. And I can, and there are places where I can go and see who's advertised, especially if it's some of their competitors, where their competitors have advertised. I come back, I say, on a follow up phone call, I'll show you where your competitors have been advertising. But when it's time for me to make the compelling, uh, give them the compelling reason to close now, the pressure to close, as you mentioned, it could be, we've closed up three months into the future. We have this exactly. one spot. 
or satisfied. Next week, it's next week. It's next week. It's uh, the price is that, and but it's just next week. And Do you after, want it before and, it goes to HostGator? Yeah, got it. Exactly. All right, and you had to figure all this out by yourself. You were sending out messages on LinkedIn to get customers, right? Yeah, exactly. How did you teach yourself all the sales? Reading some blog spots, some uh, okay. some blog uh, blog posts. Really, yes, reading endless that, trial read. and error on it. What you'd learn yes. and then just try LinkedIn, LinkedIn, yes. LinkedIn. From what I see, LinkedIn, it was just tons. LinkedIn, LinkedIn's emails, uh, conference, uh, trade shows. Uh, Yes, all the uh, net personal network uh, meeting with to 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 do it. so the, the the one of my mentors at that time was uh, to do business with people, <laughs> meaning get to know the people so that they no, meet, want meet, meet people meet, meet people a lot. It was just uh, meet, yeah. meet, meet, meet meet so meet people as much it. as possible. Yes, because it's uh, at some point it's a matter of volume also. <laughs> it so is you. you a matter of volume. Yeah, no, it is. I get it. All right. Now, when we started out this conversation, I kept asking you, give me more examples of um, of journalists who are using Toucan. And you said, what well, actually, you're not picking up on how CEOs, product managers are using us to integrate our software with their software, to integrate our visualizations with the software that their users uh, interact with. At some point, you realized this was a market you should pursue. How did you realize that's who to go after? Because we, without looking for that, we had one, two customers that that went to us because of that, because they, they wanted to integrate again for a new offer. They wanted to, they had the pressure to release quickly. It's like a launch pager, launch peers. Uh, people want to do something quick and they don't have the resource to do it internally. And same thing for us is that we pro, we uh, we realized that there were a very high value in providing a, a product that will help product managers and CEOs to uh, I will say embed, integrate, uh, ready to use visualization and dashboarding capabilities and storytelling capabilities, so that they will be able to build their new offers, win. Uh, win the strategic customers because uh, reporting or analytics was very uh, in high demand or that could help them to also keep their existing customers. We have uh, one one client now which is uh, um, a provider, a software provider in uh, financial services. One of their biggest customers which is a large bank uh, kept asking for more and more and more in terms of data reporting and the team was very small uh, our customer was very small and they couldn't handle all the requirements that these big customers uh, this big customer had so uh, they had two choices either they would lose uh, like a 200 uh, k deals either they would like uh, partner with somebody like us to help them deliver what the customers was expecting and we did it Ah, got it. Their need, their maybe almost desperation to get this problem solved meant they were reaching out to you. They yeah. convinced you to work with them. Once you worked with them, you said, there are other customers like them. And my imagination is you realized these other businesses have more money to spend and are growing at a faster rate than the journalists that we'd been pitching to in the beginning. 
<laughs> yeah, the, the the journey was just the, the very beginning of the journey of our journey, and we we wanted to start with the journalists to help us also build um, a brand. But uh, like you say, that this is not the where I would say the money is, <laughs> uh, and uh, and that's why we decided to to switch uh, the the target. Okay. I did look at a press release that you guys put out when you raised money, and I saw two things that stood out for me. The first is, you and I have been calling the company Toucan, but yeah. in, even in the press release and on your website, it's Toucan Toco, right? Yeah. What's, yeah, because, what's up? Um, because we, we wanted to be called, I would say, Toucan, but Toucan.com was uh, not available. <laughs> uh, so, but we really liked the Toucan bird as a mascot. Uh, so we wanted to keep it at, at the brand. So we went to the Wikipedia webpage of Toucan and we saw that uh, Toucan Toco was the most known species uh, of Toucan. And it sounds uh, it sounds well. It sounds it sounds like uh, uh, very energetic. And so toucan.toco.com was available. So that's why we went for toucan toco. And people liked that because it's a, the, the 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 sound of the repetition of the T and the C works really well. But uh, when if you want to, I would say, go fast and make sure that uh, nobody is uh, misspelling, we say we are toucan. Got it. All right. And then the other thing that I saw was you have like, a. let me see how many uh, co-founders. Killian is one. Charles, you are yeah. another one. Bap, uh, Baptiste is Baptiste the third. And David. And David. What's, how'd you connect with these other three guys and form the company together? So uh, we started at the beginning with only Killian and me and we know each other since nearly 20 years so we were in high school together we were playing sport together at that time and we and we did all our studies together and uh, after uh, knowing each other for nearly 15 years we decided to start the business together and then we met David and then Baptiste thanks to uh, I would say a common uh, common friend and you just they we're added on later on. I see. Yeah. You've done it now. You own, I'm guessing the two of you early co-founders own the majority of the company together. Yeah. Okay. All right. And now you're finally successful. You've been able to raise money. Did you take any money off the table with that last, with that round of funding? Yeah. You did. Yeah. Yeah. A little, yes. Because for us, it was very important because that's how you continue and key and, and you continue to uh, take uh, risk yeah. is if you uh, de-risk your personal situation uh, so you are more comfortable to take the I would say the uh, to continue to take the, the risky decision that will help you grow I can imagine that so having struggled having made it what did you get to do that you couldn't do before or buy for yourself close me out on a high note Something amazing that's exciting for you or your family that you're able to do because you were able to make Toucan so successful. <laughs> you mean uh, what changed my life? Because yeah, I, did your I, life change in any way? Did you get to buy anything? Did you get to do anything? No. <laughs> not a damn <laughs> thing? I'm, I'm not a material per person. So what I like, I would say being successful is the peace of mind. 
uh, it's the peace of mind and uh, the good balance between my personal life and my uh, uh, professional life. So that's one of the. Do you get to take a vacation in a place that you couldn't before? No, I see people who are materialistic I, at least go on nice vacation spots. No, not even do that. My, my vacation are very simple and, and my weekend also I go camping on the weekend. So I'm not oh. going to uh, expensive hotels. So uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I've just discovered camping too. Last year, I've discovered a love for it. And over COVID, I would even go camp in the backyard. A few days ago, I decided I want to try bike camping. Have you ever done that? Where you no. bike, I, I said, I watch a few videos of people doing it. They take their camping gear on a bicycle. So they have to have it as, as small and as little as possible, which I love. And then they ride somewhere and they camp. And so the campground that I was going to go to was about what, 50 miles away. And I thought I'll put the stuff on my bike. And I'm a last minute type of person. The night of the night before I started to find a way to get all the stuff on my bike and the bike rack that I bought didn't fit my bike and the rest of it just <laughs> wasn't working. And then the campground, Olivia said to me, did you check with the campground to make sure they have space? I wrote, no, I didn't. So I called them up the morning of, they have no campground space. My bike <laughs> stuff will not fit. And I only have two days because I've committed to do other stuff. So how do I do this? I was about to give up. And then I said, and my friend Anton told me I could sleep in his backyard. So I checked in and says, yeah, enjoy the backyard. So he was... <laughs> considerably further away. He was 81 miles away from our house instead of what I was planning. And then since the stuff wouldn't fit on my bike, I Ubered it. I said, Olivia, I'm going to ride. I'll tell you where I end up. Put my backpack with the camping gear in the Uber. And that's basically what ended up happening. But damn, it was so good to sleep outside. It was so good. Yeah, so good exactly. to ride for hours. <laughs> exactly. So I'm that's what you. I like, babe. I would say uh, basic things. So no, no, no fancy. Uh, so yes, uh, no fancy things. So sorry. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. I feel like maybe the fancy stuff is for later in life when you finally just have patience to deal with it, or maybe you're just so exhausted that somebody tells you, "Go enjoy what you've done." What do you think? We'll yeah, see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I agree. Charles, I'll hit you up in 10 years. I'll say, dude, get out of the office, get out of the house and go buy yourself something fun. We'll talk then. Till then, anyone who wants to go check out your website, it's Toucan Toco, T-O-U-C-A-N-T-O-C-O.com. And I want to thank the two sponsors who made this interview happen. If you've got an idea, you can't get it off the ground. You need to hire a team that will actually build it for you. If you're considering it, in fact, just go to launchpeer.com. There's no URL that you need, no special link because they talk to every single person who applies. And if it's a good fit, they'll know you came from me. They'll figure it out. And number two, if you're finally ready to build a website, if you want to build a site for fun, for business, for anything, go to hostgator.com slash Mixergy. Charles, thanks for being here. Thank you very much, Andrew. And have a good day. Bye. You too. Bye, everyone.